that I was able to use my resourcefulness and my creativity uh, to think of my feet. Hello and welcome to a Nurse Out Wear podcast. My name is Danielle Corza and I have been a rural and remote nurse for most of my career. I created this podcast as an opportunity to explore and celebrate and perhaps spark some interest in rural and remote nursing. Each week we will meet with some of the extraordinary nurses who live and work in rural and remote areas across Australia as they tell their stories about all that is beautiful and unique to rural and remote nursing. So join with me as we explore the stories from a nurse out where. Hi everyone and welcome to a Nurse Out Wear podcast. Uh, my name is Danielle Causer and today I have with me the wonderful Frances Kalija. So Frances is a registered nurse and a midwife who for most of her career has worked in the rural and remote setting. Uh, Frances is a James Cook University graduate in the Aurora Group, finishing her nursing science degree in 1992. She completed her Certificate of Midwifery at Toowoomba Base Hospital in 1996 and then went on to continue learning clinically, professionally and academically ever since. She states that she went to nursing because she liked working with people and liked helping people and her focus has moved from caring for people to caring for the carers, which is why she's embarked on her PhD to identify the strategies to create and sustain positive practice environments in the rural and remote healthcare setting. Welcome, Francis. It's so nice to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. It's very exciting. So as you know, the podcast is called A Nurse Out Where. Um, so mm. from your perspective, can you finish the sentence, I'm a nurse out where? Sure. I had a giggle when I read this because it's, uh, it's like I would say, um, I'm a nurse out where the black stump uh, meets the Baku. Um, and for those Australian icons, it's where bush christening meets uh, the geographical landmark of the black stump. <laughs> um, so I'm based in Blackhall and I'm working as a nurse educator for um, Central West Hospital Health Service. And um, whilst I'm based in Blackhall, my role is to support staff across an area bigger than Victoria, about 300 and 46,000 square kilometres. So, yeah, yeah wow. somewhere out where. Mm. That's, a, that's a long, big area for you to cover. That's mm. amazing. Mm. Um, okay, so why... Well, go ahead. I don't do that on my own, of course. There's a team of us. And um, as with everything education, um, that though every registered nurse has a responsibility... Um, and really, it's part of our role as a registered nurse uh, to teach every single day. So whilst that's my, the role as nurse educator, I'm not the only person who's doing the educating across yeah. the health service, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, um, so why, why I sort of gave a bit of a briefing in your bio, but why did you want to go rural and remote nursing particularly? What sparked your interest there? Uh, look, definitely the diversity of the practice. Um, it's the only place that I could work uh, and I did a bit of general, a, a bit of ED, a bit of mid, um, did primary healthcare stuff, did health promotion um, 
in some places I did primary retrievals and responses either out of clinics um, or um, with fixed wing aircraft. And so the diversity uh, was really attractive for me. And also um, work, the autonomy, the level of autonomy um, the, that I was able to use my resourcefulness and my creativity uh, to think of my feet and to address challenges as, as they came across, I can't say my desk, but across <laughs> you know, the workplace that I was working in, whether it be a clinic, whether it be a small hospital, um, um, so I found that very, that challenge very enjoyable and quite invigorating. Um, so that's the main reason. I also, I grew up on a farm and, uh, I love working with people in the bush. People in the bush tend to be very practical, very down to earth, also very innovative and resourceful. So, um, and I guess I grew up, my dad used to say that, you know, necess necessity is the mother of invention and desperation is the father. And nice. I think I like that. rural and remote practice makes us draw on parts of our personal and professional, I guess, abilities, clinical skills and knowledge that we wouldn't tap into if I was working in a metropolitan area. Mm. So it's that, that opportunity to use all, all of your skills and, you know, doing what you love. Yeah, absolutely. As well as, you know, there's a degree of personal development that occurs just by the nature of practice. It makes you dig deep um, into places that, you, that possibly I wouldn't have had to um, explore those parts of myself if I was working in areas with, you know, resources and things at the tip of my fingers. Um, and always someone else to lean on. Uh, I think the other thing with Roland nursing is it very much teaches you to stand on your own feet and draw um, stamina and energy from within yourself that you, I may never have had to, like I said, do if I didn't work in a real and remote setting. Yeah, yeah, great. So obviously as a nurse, we're bound by the Nursing and Midwifery Board of Australia policies on professional standards, um, which includes mm. patient confidentiality. So just yeah. keeping that in mind, can you tell me one of your most fond memories of working in rural and remote? Yeah, look, there's lots really. Um, uh, I, I have to have the giggle because anyone who's worked rural and remotely um, you know, like if you see a clinician or as a clinician, you might be at the local IGA and this occurred to me a number of times, but, you know, <laughs> being at the local IGA and being stopped at the deli as you're asking for your, you know, salami or your cheese. And I remember working as a women's health nurse and having a consumer that I'd seen in the clinic, um, you know, in the previous weeks for her, ask me for her pathology results. So <laughs> I used humour at that time to deflect her and said, possibly that's not the place to be asking as I'm ordering my favourite cheese. Not while I'm getting my cheese, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and she, you know, took that on uh, very well and, um, and then allowed, so the corridor consultation thing, it's very easy because of the personal relationships that you develop, um, particularly if you're living in a community um, uh, for a long, you know, for any period of time, it's sort of like living in a fishbowl to a degree. You're always on duty, even when you're not, that people are always watching as, uh, 
especially if you're working at, you know, in a primary healthcare centre and you're, you're at times the only nurse in the community. Um, you really have to do have good, strong professional boundaries and, and I guess adhere to them and apply them respectfully and courteously um, to the consumers because people will ask questions that like their pathology results at the deli. Um, and it's not at all appropriate for us to share that information um, in, a, in that environment. I guess, um, you know, I really, one of the other things I really love about rural and remote nursing is the sense of community that you, you just get immersed in. Um, and I've been really very lucky over my years of practice. And I remember a time being in another, uh, relieving in a primary healthcare centre um, in uh, in a remote town in Western Queensland, and I had gone out to do a twenty one day relief stint, which was a bit longer than normal by a couple of days, but it was just because there was some unplanned leave and. Anyway, it was a very particularly busy time. There was like a big local event in that community and people had come from, you know, many miles to celebrate for a few days. So that was sort of like the first weekend I was there and I had a number of um, uh, uh, RFDS evacuations and a couple of Bow Road. And over the, um, over the um, 21 days that I was there, I had about 24 evacuations from memory. It got to the point where the doctor that I would call for RFDS, he'd go, when are you leaving? <laughs> like, you're, you're like a shite magnet. Yeah, but, uh, you're yeah. attracting it. Yeah, yeah. After about day 10, uh, because, you know, the, the, uh, the aircraft comes in over the town to land, um, after about day 10, um, I had community members bring me plates or dishes of food. Because oh, how lovely. They... they um, were, they would hear how often the plane was coming in. And so they'd done their own maths and figured that there wasn't much time to sleep or eat in between that. Um, and uh, so they were very kind. I had, you know, freshly cooked fish and freshly grown vegetables that had been cooked in stews and casseroles and um, because they were looking after their nurse, you know, they took a sense of ownership, I guess, um, for me providing them uh, their, you know, their healthcare service, um, their access and um they took a set they were demonstrating their level of appreciation and gratitude um by bringing those uh you know, bringing those dishes and look i was really humbled i was also very grateful um you know just those small acts of kindness and that that sense of community um is really palpable uh in those particularly the, the small rural and remote towns um I also remember another time working at another primary healthcare centre and I'd only just gone out for a couple of weeks to relieve again, uh, uh, you know, with minimal notice and, um, and that organised for me to get my, my evening meals from the local pub. And, um, and I had been there at least a week and um, I, it was about eight o'clock. I was still in the clinic working uh, you know, with an ED presentation and the publican rang to say, you know, you haven't come for your meal. Are you okay to start with? Yes, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm still at work. And, um, you know, if you shut up shop, that's okay. I'll just get a piece of toast. No, no, we can bring it to you or we can just keep it in the hot box and leave the back door open. You can come and get it later. So it's again, oh, that sense of, um, that real country of hospitality and yeah, absolutely. such inclusiveness. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Mm. 
And that's not something I've experienced in the metropolitan areas that I've worked in. But no, no, I think <laughs> these days you'd be lucky to get an Uber Eats to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> so Although yeah, I'm sure they're, they're very good at what they do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's those little, it's that personal touch. And I think yeah. in our world, particularly in our virtual world, our world of everything that's automated and digitized, where we don't have as much uh, human connection, um, human connection is alive and well and strong in the rural and remote communities. So, uh, and people will feel that when they, when, should they choose to come out and work with us out, out around the traps. Yeah, yeah, lovely. So, um, you know, we, we talked about you don't necessarily get that um, support and appreciation in, in the metro lands, but what are, what are some of the things that you miss the most when you're working in a remote area? Yeah, look, if you asked me that question 20 years ago, I would say, I would have said good coffee. And, um, <laughs> I, but, but these days that's more, much more accessible. Uh, and um, look, definitely my friends and my family. Um, working, uh, you know, not being close to my family. And that's especially become more important since I've had kids. And, yeah. um, uh, and just the, the distance that we have to travel to get to friends and family, you know, it can be an easily a two day drive to get to friends and family. And sometimes uh, as a result, you know, you don't get to family, important family functions, um, some birthdays and some, uh, occasionally some weddings and some funerals that you don't get to. So definitely I, I miss that. Um, I think particularly and, now with the, sorry, with the, you know, with COVID and everything else that's going yeah. on in the world at the moment, it makes it in it, that additional challenge for us. But you're right. It's those massive distances that, you know, you, you, I want to come around on Saturday, but it's going to take me three days to get there. Yeah. 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 That's right. And look, I have been known to drive two days for a four-hour party and then drive two <laughs> days back. But it means you've got to swing five days in a row and you spend more time in the motor car than you do with the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> priorities, so, that's priorities. <laughs> I, I think, you know, like the world of online shopping has made rural and remote nursing um, much more... Uh, much more luxurious in the sense of you can get anything and everything, you know, uh, you know, if you order it in enough time for it to come by snail mail, <laughs> um, because the, the mailman's got to travel those distances with the gear that you're ordering now. But, um, I, and for me, I think uh, the ocean or large expanses of water at least. Um, and I, when I have lived and worked remotely and still do, like I will, I will drive a, an hour or two to get to a decent waterhole, or a, because for me that, that's a very, um, it's very therapeutic, and I miss the ocean as well. But um, yeah, if you can get to a big waterhole, that's always helpful. Yeah, yeah, I guess um, you know, particularly for you in in your setting, you know, the oceans thousand, like over a thousand kilometres away, so that would be something that people might. Um, might take for granted and water's a you know a precious thing that's not always mm. found either so yeah yeah mm. I hear that and I think the other thing too I have a little giggle every now and then um I mean growing up I grew up on a farm but I was on the coast and so waters were either clear or blue um and predominantly out here they're brown or gray or somewhere <laughs> in between yeah and for people who've never been out here they don't necessarily the one they can be surprised by the color of it 
Um, but two, after a little while, they get used to it and they, uh, it's got its own level of beauty. It doesn't have to be clear or blue to be beautiful. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, um, you know, obviously you've said it, living in a remote area can be incredibly rewarding, but it also has its own challenges. So how do you care for yourself and your own mental health while you're in a rural and remote area? Yeah, look, this is really important. And it's interestingly, uh, I think in all my years of rural and remote practice, it's always been um, something I've been aware of. So for me, cooking has always been something that I've loved to do. Um, and, um, and I love gardening, sewing, craft, painting. Um, and more in the last few years, exercise um, and doing meditation, journaling, uh, and, uh, you know, currently uh, with the world of onlineness, uh, because of COVID, thank goodness, you know, many good things have come out of COVID and that the, our access to online stuff. So I'm part of an online um, meditation community. Um, I also really enjoy doing yoga and, um, you know, the, the online world has opened that up and doing it on your phone as opposed to getting out the DVD player um, and making sure you had room in front of the TV because not everywhere... You know, there's room in the lounge room to, you know, move the lounge chair and what do it on the TV. So those kind of things. Um, so though, doing what you need to to look after yourself is important. Um, and, I, and I think the other thing, uh, and I said before, you know, going sitting by a waterhole, uh, journaling, uh, being in nature uh, really helps for me, grounds me, going for a walk in the bush, looking, for, looking, at, looking at wildlife and bird life. Um, yeah, I guess looking at, uh, you know, whilst I'm my, I'm my own person and my own uh, sense of individualness, I'm also very connected and everything is connected. Um, and so I may be on my own or I may be in a remote community, but I'm actually never alone. And yep. I might be in a remote area, but I don't have to be isolated. And so if I am having some dark thoughts or I'm feeling haunted or upset or sad or whatever it might be because of something that's happening either in my clinical space or um, in my personal space, there's always things we can do in the rural and remote area. And I think especially with this world of virtualness, um, that, that level of support and the awareness as well has increased massively, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's right. I think um, people are a lot more aware of their own mental health and can feel yeah. when that sort of things are creeping in. And I guess, mm. that, like you say, it's just that reconnection with yourself and doing the things that you love um, to be mm. able to continue to do, to do the work that we do. Yeah. And look, it's really important. We can't give what we don't have. Or, you know, the old saying, we can't give from an empty cup. And so as carers, we're always giving we're giving and giving and giving and we sometimes we have to do it, um, you know, under stressful situations or when we are fatigued, especially in, you know, uh, in really remote posts where it can be a few days, you might be fatigued to boot, but there's a few days before, you know, your relief's coming in. Um, and so it's really important in those times that you do what you need to do to look after yourself. So what? So that's a that's a really good segue, Frankie. I was going to ask, what do you do on your days off? So, you know, we can only work, and then we have our own playtime. What do you do in your in your playtime? What do you do on days off? 
I do whatever will fill my cup up. You know, the old adage of we can't give from an empty cup. So for me, that's spending time with my kids. Um, and it might be something corny like watching a Disney movie and eating popcorn or it, or it might be um, like going for walks and jogs, you know, and particularly now we've got footpaths, um, you know, in the community I live in, which is a, which is a real luxury. Um, and they're winding through the trees and along the riverbed. Um, yeah, beautiful. Uh, so, so doing that, look, playing music, singing, painting, sewing, craft, cooking, um, reading. And I, from the other thing that I get a kick out of is, um, being part of the community. Um, like I said, there's a particularly, I've lived in this community for quite a few years now. Um, and experienced a great deal of uh, community mindedness and community um, generosity. So now to be part of that community and be giving back is very rewarding and it, it, it fills up my cup. And I think the other thing is getting enough sleep. Um, and yeah, sleep yes, is so important. It is. Years of shift working and on call does wreck your sleep patterns. And so then on my days off, it's okay to give myself permission to sleep in and go to bed early even. Go to bed early. It's a very foreign <laughs> What a luxury. I'm not good at it. But it's something I've got to keep practicing is going to bed early. And my children don't like it either. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. so, so what are your top three tips for someone who might be thinking of coming and working remote? You know, they might be early in their career or, you know, wanting to try something different. What are your top three things that you think um, they need to think about before joining? I think just do it. I think working in a rural and remote area is, I always used to say, you know, there's four things in your life that you should always do. Travel to a country where you don't know the currency or the language because it will make you explore things about yourself, find out things about yourself that you would never know. Um, live or work in a rural and remote community because again you will experience a lifestyle and make you reach and find things out about yourself you would never otherwise um, stretch yourself learn something new um, and or, and try and go somewhere you've never been every year um, and it's it's about exploring the unknown you know we can have fear of the unknown or we can flip it on its head and go well let's just explore it and it's okay to go hmm, I don't like that no I'm not going to do that again <laughs> but, but then you know something yeah but you absolutely know there's no you know there's no gray then you definitively know whether you like it or not um, and you can also then be uncovering something that you absolutely love and you had no idea if you didn't do it so I think um, do it to start with. Jump in both feet, bring your good coffee or your favourite tea or whatever it is or your tofu or organic tahini, whatever it is that you feel like you need every day, make sure you bring it because you're not always going to be able to get it quickly. Um, you can always get everything but it doesn't always happen quickly and I think that's something else that working real and remotely teaches you is a degree of patience both personally and professionally because not everything's at our fingertips. Um, another tip would be eat protein for breakfast uh, in case lunch doesn't happen because sometimes <laughs> that's the nature of real and remote practice is uh, you, you can be having a cruisy morning in the clinic or the hospital and then, you know, it all turns to custard and suddenly it's uh, three or four o'clock in the afternoon and you've had the occasional sip of water 
and you haven't had lunch and you haven't been to the toilet for some time, but that's okay. Cause that's not every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, makes the day go very fast. So yeah, eat Good protein, tip. For protein for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, make sure you've got your favorite coffee or your tea or whatever it is, a good phone data plan. Um, uh, so that, you know, if you do have some downtime and, uh, and you want to watch your Netflix, have a binge on Netflix and, uh, as opposed to alcohol and sometimes alcohol, a binge on alcohol is, you know, not a bad thing, but, uh, you know, a better choice for me right now in my, at this stage in my life is probably a Netflix binge, um, a fresh journal, uh, so that I can, um, you know, write my thoughts, do my reflections, um, because that's, we apply the meaning to things in our life and sometimes we have to write that down and flesh it out for us so that it's helpful rather than um, painful. And um, yeah, you know, and you're also capturing your memories uh, because we're making memories every day. We just don't necessarily think about it like that. Yeah, Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think journaling is a really important thing professionally and personally, you know, for our own knowledge and growth. But um, I think that's kind of the basis around why we why I started this podcast is to really Mm. celebrate those stories in rural and remote and capture them somewhere because we've all had these experiences that we kind of it's our normal every day. But we want Mm. I want more people to see that our every day is extraordinary and we really need to celebrate that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Frankie. Thank you for your time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and um, we hope to talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Danielle. If this has sparked your interest and you would like some more information about this episode or perhaps how to take the leap and explore rural and remote nursing, you can contact me and check out my website, anurseoutwear.com.au or follow me on Facebook and Instagram by searching at anurseoutwear. Remember to like, subscribe and share them with your friends.